Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Good defense there again from Solomon Hill. Made it a tough shot, but then they turn it over. James with the steal, throws it up. Davis back up, and this time able to finish. James up top to Kuzma. Fakes, drives, gets inside, finds Davis for the slam. James against Jones. Backs in, here comes the help. Spins away from that, and an easy layup. That was a complete and total thumping. The Lakers dominating the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Miami was up 13 midway through the first quarter. And then the Lakers slipped the switch, and it was over. Lakers had the lead by the end of the quarter. They were up by 17 at the half. They pushed it to 20, two or three minutes out of the locker room. They pushed it to 25, four minutes out of the locker room. PK, they just ran them right out of the gym. Hand yes, me your cliche. Did. Yeah. That was good, though, because I was uh, more watching baseball. Than baseball. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I didn't watch the second half. There was no point. It was over. It was clearly over. And everybody who picked the Lakers had to be looking at that thinking, well, I'm going to be right about this finals. Along the way, the Heat suffered some uh, injuries. Goran Dragic, a torn left plantar fascia in his foot. He has not been ruled out of playing again in the finals. That surprises me a little bit because I always thought that injury was was pretty serious. Uh, But we'll see if he does play. They haven't guaranteed he will either. And if he does play, how good will he be? And on top of that, Bam Adebayo, shoulder or arm or something, they tried to be a little elusive on exactly what happened there. He'd heard it a little earlier in the playoffs. He heard it again. He had to leave the game. So really no good news in that one for Miami. Lots of good news in that one if you're the Lakers. Oh, yeah. If they uh, is saying that he could potentially be out, and if uh, Adebayo has any lingering injury, going to be uphill to begin with, and then really they have no chance. So put an end to basketball for 2020. On to the coaching carousel. The Philadelphia 76ers expected to meet with Doc Rivers to discuss the team's head coaching vacancy. They may have actually already met with him. It might have been last night. Might continue in today. We'll see. They, uh, the Sixers looking for a new coach here. They've also met with Tyron Lue. They're also interested in Mike D'Antoni, the former Rockets coach. And apparently D'Antoni and Rivers are in front of Lou there. Top two options, according to reports coming out of Philly. So... Familiar names, recycled coaches who have uh, been in the playoffs. That's what the Sixers appear to be looking to do because there's three guys who've all been deep in the playoffs. Well, they've been in the playoffs. So, yep. Now go ahead, whatever. Choose a coach. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We are preparing to play the football game now as earliest as Monday. Again, I think the focus and the understanding of this football team is now going to be shifted towards preparing to play on Monday. I'm confident that the league will allow us uh, time to practice, to get some get practice in, to get on the field, and then and then move forward with the game. That's Mike Vrabel, the Titans coach. Titans are supposed to play the Steelers Sunday. That's not going to happen, but they play, might play Monday or Tuesday. Big game. Both teams are 3-0, and off to really good starts. Obviously, Titans are in the AFC title game, and Roethlisberger's healthy this year, so Pittsburgh looks like they're back to being a uh, a serious contender as well. Don't know when, but apparently Monday or Tuesday. And PK, you'll probably get to see it because you got NFL ticket. I don't know that the rest of us will. I think they should go Tuesday day. <laughs> Why Tuesday day? Well, you're not going to allow fans in, uh-huh. and have something different. All right, I'll take a Tuesday day game. What is it, what do the baseball playoffs look like that far out? I assume at that point we'll be having day and night games. There'll still be enough teams playing. It'll be at least two games. What maybe difference four. does it make? No, I want to be able to watch everything. Everything that didn't happen for four months is getting all wedged in at the same time. Well, good luck to you, man. I hope it works out for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, the NFL has issued another strong warning to coaches who won't wear masks on the sideline during games, threatening suspensions. Forfeiture of draft picks for failing to comply with the game day protocols. They, they were fining coaches a hundred grand and the club a quarter of a million. And apparently that wasn't enough. 
Forfeiture of draft picks. Now you're getting serious. Get everybody's attention if you do that. Everybody needs young, inexpensive talent. The draft is the lifeblood. Can't be forfeiting draft picks. Well, depending on what happens here soon, you might get arrested. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I really don't know what's going on in the league as far as COVID or COVID-related related numbers. There's no uniform system on how we report it or people talk about it. Or you know, I don't know, other than when coaches have said something, each week we have no idea what's going on with other teams. It's kind of a free-for-all as far as that goes. That's Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz right there on uh, COVID testing. And uh, so the SEC is the wild, wild west. I mean, it's the south, but you get the point. Missouri's the south? Oh, the SEC is. Missouri's on the edge of the south. <laughs> Mason-Dixon line, you know. Yeah. It gets a blurry mid-south, midwest, kind of blurry. Into the plains. Well, if Boise and San Diego State can be in the Big, Big East, the then <laughs> right at this point, why not? Uh, the first college football playoff selection committee ranking has been pushed back a week. November 24th now. It was going to be the 17th, but... Now, with some of the leagues starting to play it, I've decided I guess they want another another week of data points, PK. I hope they get it. Selection Day is December 20th, so that's still a month of hype leading up to the, the one that actually matters, because up until then, they changed their minds anyway. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott suggested expanding the college football playoff from four to eight teams. College Football Playoff Management Committee did not approve the idea during Wednesday's meeting. Playoff will not expand... This season, the commissioners have reviewed the current format annually. PK, it sounds like a lot of hype, but the deal runs through the middle of the decade, and I expect we won't have an 18 playoff until then. I'd be good with it, but well, yeah, that Scott doesn't matter. Won't have his job by then, so what will he care? So I think it's twofold. I think it's job preservation because then he gets his team in and gets people off his back on that. Uh, and uh, secondly, in this type of season, that uh, why not? give everybody an equal shot since they may not be able to play and they're not going to play an equal amount of games obviously and they never really did for that matter and there wasn't an equal level of competition either Uh, you know i can argue if the pac-12 only played eight conference games oregon would have got in last year yep Uh, i mean i don't know that for sure but i could argue that that's the point so there's all sorts of uh i don't know if you can call them inequities maybe unbalances and so why not balance it out a little bit? You can do whatever you want because all this, the uh, Conference five power in. folks yeah. are going to get in. I would even settle for six. With one for the group of five? Uh, I don't care about that, honestly. Oh, you want to? You mean a 16 playoff? Yeah. When well, okay. two seeds get a first-round buy type right. of a deal? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's what you wanted. Uh, but... To, to get the power, the power fives in, particularly this year, when you don't know who's going to play what in terms of games, and and then you factor in this year these crossover games that are just funky, and there's no uh, particular rhyme or reason to them, and, and uh, you may have home field this year, but you really don't. That just means the game is played at your place. So, you know, that may help, but with no fans, that won't matter any, I wouldn't think. Where the game is played would have zero effect this year. So I would want my tougher road opponents to be this year as opposed to next year and and all that type of thing. So I would go with an expansion. And plus it would bring in some money and bring in some interest. So for me, it's like, well, why not? I think the why not is because once they have the system going forward, they won't want to go back. And but why not? People don't like to be told what to do, and they want it to be their idea. I mean, Steve Spurrier said it a while ago. Do you like fourteen better playoff better than two? Yeah, and I'm going to like eight better than four when we get to that, and we're getting to that. But for whatever reason, I'm told what to do. So I think we'll be sitting with a fourteen playoff until 2026 or something like that. San Jose State's going to go to Humboldt State to practice 320 miles north, halfway to Oregon. Spartans can't uh, practice in Santa Clara County due to restrictions there, limiting the the size of groups. But in Humboldt County, they can. So off to the Eureka Arcata Airport. 
So there is 660 miles between San Jose and Oregon? Yeah, ballpark. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. California is massive. It is. Have you ever driven to Oregon from California? No. It, it, I have. It takes a while. I was in Humboldt State once, but we flew in. Eh, that took a while, too. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. One and two on Freddie Freeman, a base hit wins it. Pache a lead at third, and the pitch on the way. Swung on, driven out to center field, of the Braves take game one. And Freddie Freeman breaks hearts in Cincinnati and scores Pache. And in 13 innings, the Braves take down the Reds one to nothing. I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want to see us here. But what are they going to say now? You know, we're a solid team. We play great baseball. We won a series on the road in Minnesota. So what are they going to say now? Uh, We're going to say that we're mad and we don't want to see you there. And you had a losing record during the regular season. And Minnesota's terrible in the playoffs. And I hope you get smoked in the next round. I think that's what most people are going to say. But Carlos Correa right there on the Astros. Ruffling feathers. And they knocked Minnesota out. Minnesota now spectacularly. 18 straight postseason losses. And they are out again. Good. (laughs) Why is that good? Oh, I got my reasons. You don't like Minnesota, huh? You don't like Ohio State? You don't like Minnesota? Uh, Or just the Twins? It has nothing to do with Minnesota. Okay. Other games, the uh, Yankees advanced... A wild game back and forth with Cleveland. They pushed across a, uh, a couple runs in the top of the ninth, so they win that game 10-9. to They knock Cleveland out. The Astros win in advance. The Rays, the one team that's the higher seed, the home team, they were able to win in advance. Uh, Oakland beat Chicago, so that's the one series in the American League that's going to need a game three. They're, they're 1-1 there. In the National League, you heard Atlanta winning in the walk-off right there. The Dodgers beat Milwaukee 4-2. The Padres made a couple of base, well, the same guy made a couple of base running errors. And St. Louis got four in the first and rode that to a win in San Diego. And Miami took down the Cubbies 5-1. You see anything early on in this that tells you about how anyone's going to perform later in the playoffs or no? Any bigger trends you're able to spot? Well, I watched about uh, about eight hours of baseball yesterday. I was uh, in a situation where I was sequestered for many, many hours. So, fortunately, I will remember this day yesterday forever for a number of reasons. And one of them is they had so many games on. Uh, you, the Yankees, it's really about the home run for a lot of teams, you know. Yeah. The Yankees got it, and so they win. And they win when they get home runs, and they lose when they don't. The Reds... Uh, they're th- like three and fifteen this year when they don't hit a home run, and so many of their runs are generated. Over sixty percent of their runs are generated through home runs, and these are things that they were saying yesterday because I had so much time because of a personal situation, so I was able to pick those things up. We knew them, but the actual literal statistics of three and fifteen, I wouldn't have known. So you got that going for you. Uh, pitching matters; it always has. So the teams that have the best pitching, it's I feel bad for the Padres. Their top two guys are out. Yeah, that's like taking three or four Bogdanoviches and taking them out <laughs> because starting pitching matters. It man, you know, and really, their starter matters. Their their number yeah. three starter essentially becomes their number one, and he had yeah, a terrible that's outing. That, that's not good enough. No, so. I mean, that's that's the reality of that. Yeah, and they also, to your point, there was a lot of warning track power in that game. Cardinals Cardinals made a lot of catches right out there on the uh, warning track. And, yeah, long fly ball out doesn't do any good. That thing goes another 10 feet, and it's a totally different game. Well, it does if you have a runner on third with less than two outs. Well, and they did. They scored three runs on sacrifice flies. So it does (laughs) do you good. No, they needed crooked numbers after getting down. They needed crooked numbers, PK. After getting down four early, they couldn't come back one at a time. They needed the big inning. And they couldn't get it, and the Cardinals win again. Uh, so one of the things they threw up on the uh, watching a broadcast is Adam Wainwright, who uh, will pitch for the Cardinals in game two and try to close out the series, uh, beat the Padres the last time when they were in the playoffs, 14 years ago when the Cardinals knocked the Padres out. So There's a guy who's had a career sticking around to 
both ends of his career, he faces the Padres in the playoffs, who had a 13-year break. So, congrats to Adam Wainwright for a good long run. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, we'll talk NBA playoffs, maybe a little draft and free agency as well. Tim Lacombe is going to join us, former BYU basketball coach, former Utah basketball staff member. We'll talk with hoops with him coming up next. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker, will be here at 8.30. And Craig Bowlerjack in the 9 o'clock hour. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Cougar great Rob Morris. Put yourself in the place of one of these athletes going through this. Maybe the schedule for BYU isn't as good as it was, but would you appreciate the work Tom Homo's done to get games scheduled so you could at least play? Yeah, for sure. Players want to play, right? Put the teams in front of him. You just want to play ball, right? And you've waited your whole life. A lot of these guys, or maybe it's your senior year, so it's tough. There's a lot of back and forth. Should we be playing? Should we not be playing? But it seems like they've kind of figured out a way to do it safely. And so as a player, yeah, yeah, I think you just want to play. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Tim McCombs going to join us in just a few minutes to talk uh, NBA playoffs, the NBA finals, and look ahead to the offseason for the Jazz. we got a couple minutes here. we got multiple questions up. PK, you had time on your hand. You were watching a lot of uh, sports and TV yesterday. You posted a couple different questions. One's about college football, and we'll get to that a little later in the show. The other one is about the NBA finals. The Miami Heat's Myers Leonard was the only player to stand for the national anthem before game one of the finals. What do you think of him getting lit up for it on social media? This will shock you, but we have true, completely divergent opinions in the old Facebook page. Good. Matt, I honestly didn't know the final started tonight. People stand, people kneel, they have their reasons and they're right. Robert says he should be shown the same respect for standing for what he believes in and demonstrates by his actions. He has the support of his teammates as well, so anybody with a problem with that and not a problem with other players kneeling is hypocritical. Both approaches should be respected. Everyone's hypocritical. That's the one thing I've learned, and if you don't say you're hypocritical, you're hypocritical. (laughs) Nobody can get everything in their life to line up. You could try, but you can't do it. Yeah, one guy's angry in a debate, and another late, and that's all. That's awful. And another lady rips up a speech, but man, she's standing for what she believes in. I mean, you can go back and forth on this forever. I mean, just everyone's hypocritical. He does have the support of his teammates because if you noticed, if you look, each teammate to his left and right immediately had their arm around the closer knee. So the guy to his le- uh, left had his. Uh, what would that be? He had his arm around his right arm around his left knee, and then vice versa on the other side. So that was, I thought that was great. Mark says, sure. "I cannot believe we live in a day and age where you have to explain yourself for standing for the national anthem." Just the latest proof that the NBA has become more of a political party. Got a couple thumbs up. Well, you know that, that's that's an easy thing to say. But I think that if you investigate it a little bit more, I think the NBA is supporting it. And as I say, the, the players, I forget who they were, but they each had their arm that were closer to him around his calf. So as they were holding on to him. So there was support there. The thing that I think that it highlights to me is that no matter what the issue is with social media being so prevalent today, you're always going to get wackos. Now, I, I saw stuff out there, uh, Miles Leonard, bleep him, he's a total D-bag and all that stuff. So no matter what the issue is, you're going to get wackos on every single thing. You're going to get if blasted. You think, yeah. Like, if, yeah, if you think that we're going to eliminate racism, we're never going to rem- eliminate it. Never, ever. We hope to mitigate it as much as possible, but we're never going to eliminate it. So do we really want to go crazy on these fringe freaks who are just way out there. And it's the same thing on this issue. 
I think the NBA actually is supporting it, and his team is supporting it. So for those of you who want to crack on the league, I don't think that, that they're just saying, you can't do this. So they're allowing him, if you view this politically, they're allowing Myers Leonard, who uh, I understand is a brother who's done tours in the military, to basically say what he wants. And they are allowing the freedom for it because there's always, oh, suppose he would want this or that. Well, the league is doing this. And and his teammates clearly are supporting him. And I think Jay Crowder came out and said he's a great teammate. So it's like when I posted it, I knew people would go right to, all the NBA's over-the-top political, I'm done with them. Well, actually, they're being political in the way that you would appreciate this time. And I don't think people realize that. Steve posted what you just said. His older brother has served across seas multiple times, and his NBA brothers and teammates respect and support his decision. Social media is the last thing on his mind. I think if you're a celebrity now, if you participate in social media at all on any level, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you know you're going to get blasted. The country's divided, the country's angry, and people will, maybe, they might not let it fly at work or walking down the street or wherever else, but they will let it fly on social media. Yeah, those folks, that's what my point is, those folks are the extreme. So you get upset on the extreme on the other side, whichever side it might be, well, your side also has its, its, its extreme. And then, and then the, to your point in the in the NBA, at least certainly in the Heat locker room, they don't seem to be extreme. They've got somebody needing, right. somebody standing, and everybody's bonded, and they got the teammate and the chemistry and all that stuff going on that coaches always talk about. Yes, so this is actually good. It's allowing for discussion, basically. They must have had some form of discussion. I don't know, maybe Myers Leonard has just stood up and nobody had any idea and the two that were beside him just decided simultaneously individually to put their hands around his respective calf doesn't seem likely seemed like there was something there that preceded that and so then as the players were kneeling they had already they were already aware of it and they knew that that's what they were going to do to show a form of acceptance solidarity love whatever word you want to use so this time you have to appreciate if you're so against all the stuff say your name and all the things that that they're just sayings anyway in my mind that i want doings rather than sayings but all that stuff and the blm on the floor if you're all against that well you should be for this Tim says it's hypocrisy at its finest. Vilifying anyone who disagrees. And those wackos did do that. But that's my point, is there's going to be wackos on everything. We think there should be equal opportunity. I mean, just generalization at its most broad term, in its most broad term. There's going to be people out there saying no. So you're never going to convert the lunatics, no matter what side it is. And my point is, I think there's more folks that are together than apart. But there's you can always point to wackos, whatever group is of the uh, the day, and they're going to be out there, and they're always going to be out there. Yeah, but is it always wackos, or has some of this gone pretty mainstream? Well, I think with social media now, you're allowed to have an opinion and people can see it. So you may not be a fo- you may not be in a particular wacko group, but so you have this outlet that you know you, you say the country's divided and blah 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 yeah. blah. But we didn't have any of that stuff back then. So how did how how much was it divided back then? It just there wasn't a way to to see the outlet there wasn't 24-hour news well, there's certainly there wasn't news yeah. who makes its money off of you protesting slash rioting whatever you do so we actually want that because if everything is peaceful what do we got to talk about <laughs> so is the country divided sure but does the media exasperate the division i would say yes because they do it in order to make a living a lot of them that is true. I was actually just uh, decided in a courtroom in the last uh, day or so. Well, I guess the trial probably went on longer than the last day, but there was a, uh, a TV host who uh, was sued for slander, and, and basically the lawyers 
for the TV host, won the case because they said you really can't take anything that they say seriously. And so the host won. But yet people do, and actually oh, they, absolutely. they, they absolutely. live and die by it, not die if by it. Yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, media. I see media stuff on online or whatever, and I'm more likely to click on it because I work in it. And so a lot of people may not know who or what I'm talking about, but if you follow it, you do. I mean, it's out there, you know, and it's been, and it wasn't just out there yesterday. It was out there as the trial went on and as the lawyers said some of the stuff they said. So, but I don't think it applies just to that one person. I mean, that one person happens to be the one who got caught up in it. It's a national voice on one of the three networks that is on cable always talking about this stuff. Um, but literally, the defense for the media talking head was, oh, please, you can't take that serious. Come on. And like, yet you, as you know, there are millions of people around the country who turn those channels on every night and yell at their TVs, which seems like a pretty stressful way to go through life. But and on the other hand, I guess if you add up the audience of all three of those channels, you probably would come up with, I don't know, 2% of America. You know, the other 98% is moving on to another stuff. Steve says, yet you two refuse to acknowledge the NBA ratings are tanking because of the political crap. But this is a political crap that you wouldn't call crap. That's what I don't think you're realizing. That was the whole point of the question, is that I knew these types were going to get, oh, yeah, screw them. But this time they're doing something that you should agree with. I knew it would trick them. (laughs) Sneaky PK, sneaky. And it's going to take a while to sort out why all of the ratings are down. Ratings are down across the board. People are streaming more, and the ratings don't, don't account for that. And then you got this weird situation where the finals are going up against Yankee and Dodger playoff games. It's a weird night. And so people would normally, you know, you got to choose when normally there's plenty of people who'd watch yeah, both. Who, I don't so, care about that. <laughs> I know, but they want to feel like they've made but, this decision and now – this is the hill they're going to die on. But you not. can't I criticize mean, me about not criticizing ratings because I never, never pay do. attention to them. But worst case scenario, what's going to happen? Somebody who makes $40 million is going to make $27 million? I, mean, I that, don't care. <laughs> I know you don't. You're still going to watch the basketball. I watch what guy. I watch. Whether you watch it or not, I couldn't care less. You're going to I'm watch interested it. in what I'm interested in, and I'm going to watch it. Whether it has, If I'm the only person on the planet watching it, if I want to watch it, I'm going to watch it. So the ratings, I've, I'm a baseball guy, and when and, and the average age apparently of baseball viewership is 142, <laughs> and they all live in Sun City, and <laughs> I don't care. I didn't care then, and I didn't say anything, so why am I going to say something that the ratings are down in the NBA? Sure, I think it's overly political, but the, I don't care. I'm going to watch the games. It, it's all sim- symbolism. Symbolism isn't going to change somebody's life. I've been... In these communities. My wife worked in them. I covered them. Putting signs up on a hill, good for you. You're woke. Congratulations. Now go do something. Doing stuff is what's going to make a difference. Education is going to what's make a difference. I have a friend of mine, and he's an African-American, and he told me a story, and it really made sense, about talking about uh, you know defunding and abolishing the police and how that's not the the way to go but he's, he's talking about what we need is police reform so he's saying rather than spending all this money having these men and women write parking tickets let's use some of that money to give them training when they come upon these situations that are just so complex domestic violence whatever it might be mental health issues all these things that I, I don't know if they're taught in police academies. I've never been in a police academy, so I have no idea. But all these things that these men and women have to encounter and make these split decisions on, which has got to be just crazy. Could you imagine putting yourself in that position? I know I can't. Maybe others can, but I can't. So have them have this type of training. And he was explaining these things to me, and he works in the law business, and it really made sense to me. He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we need to do. And he's a man in his 60s with all sorts of wisdom. He's been through a ton. Has been through a ton of this stuff that they're talking about. 
to even recently has been through this type of stuff with the profiling, and I'm just eating it up like it's just gospel to me, thinking, yeah, 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 we need to do all that. And that's the stuff where you're going to get real change. Well, I like the part about action over symbolism. We've had a lot of symbolism. We've all talked about it a lot. So action. And there's a gazillion different things to do. So you can pick the one that appeals to you. Pick the one that resonates in your life and go work on that. You can't, you can't fix them. Nobody gets to fix everything. So you just got to pick one thing and then, and then go work on that. And there's a long list of stuff to do. So yeah, whatever oh resonates gosh. with you, knock yourself out. And see, I suspect that behind the scenes... That, uh, you know, uh, Myers-Leonard has had that kind of talk with his teammate. You know, this is what appeals to me. This is what I want to do, you know. I think, you know, talking to Joe Ingles, it sounds like those kind of talks are going on in the locker room. They haven't gotten to the point where the public hears him. I think it will help more if the public can see him happening. But, you know, some guys may want to do it privately and may never want the public to see it. And so that won't really close the divide. But at the same time, if you're going to get blasted every time you do something— I get why you definitely want to do something quietly. And that's not the only reason to do something quietly, but it's certainly a new reason here in the last five or ten years. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Tim Lacombe, former BYU and Utah basketball staff member. Tim, good morning. Morning. How are you guys? Good. Tim, I thought of you during game one of the NBA Finals. Yeah, I imagine you did. (laughs) As someone who thought the Lakers have some flaws... And that didn't mean you're wrong, but it doesn't look like the Heat are capable of exposing any of those flaws. The Heat is off. <laughs> I guess we, we changed the song. Um, yeah, you know, but I also kind of thought that it is a, you know, that's a pretty, those are pretty bright lights for a bunch of those guys, and maybe they'll settle in some, but um, it was probably more. You know, I watched so much of them, and the Lakers probably just really are that good to be able to, you know, hey, we're going to really play tonight, and so hats off to them. I think think the thing that just overwhelms um, Miami in this particular matchup is just the physicality and size. You know, um, it was one thing when Duncan Robinson and Hero are out there and they're they're trying to check, you know, um, some of those guys on the Celtics, but it's really a physical mismatch across the board. And uh, the Lakers are, I mean, they, they just seem to be really, really focused at this point on finishing. And, and it won't be the, the last time I've been wrong. Um, but it was just kind of a weird feeling I had watching one of those games, and it just shows you the levels that these guys can play at and they can call to. Um, it reminds me of playing golf with PK. You know, he gets himself in a tough spot, and and I'll be darned if that he's not out of the bunker and a foot from the flag. So, Tim, I was picking up dog poop last night, and I thought of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I can't re- I can't expound on that one. I, that's just personal. That's a personal jab. Well, that was, I mean, you were talking me up in something. I, I'm lucky if I get out of the trap in two. So, uh, no, I picked, you, you did beat me the day we played, so that's why we, I've never invited you back. <laughs> you didn't listen to the course rule. <laughs> My bad. I'll let you beat me by one if I could just get back out on that course one more time. We're getting uh, out again. I, you know, I picked the Clippers to win it all, and that just flamed. And then Doc Rivers got shown the door and all that stuff. And so we'll see yep. what happens there with their coaching. But now that I'm watching the Lakers, if I sat, I've had a better uh, body of evidence to watch the Lakers, yeah, I was dead wrong. And I don't think anybody in the league can beat them or would have beaten them. So it's not about a particular matchup. It's no matter what matchup they would have gotten even if they would have played the Clippers in the conference final instead of the Nuggets, they would have won, and they're going to win the title. Yeah, yeah, they are. They, uh, it's funny because, I, I mean, this you have to fast forward almost a year ago, I guess. It's about right now, 
I can't remember where I was, but I was driving around town on a couple work things, and I had you guys on, and you were doing an NBA preview show um, with Jake, and I think DJ, you were there, PK, and Hans was there, and everybody, they went around and had everybody kind of predict what they think would happen in the season. Nobody predicted COVID, so we don't have any Nostradamus, but I was kind of chuckling because Hans said that the Lakers were going to win it all. And that was, I mean, you have to take that into context. You remember what a wreck the Lakers were right a year before and really had gone out and, and got AD and then a patchwork, you know, patchworked all these other kind of former veterans, you know, long-term veterans together, um, added a couple of young pieces here and there, but it just did not seem like it was enough this year to compete with you know, what, at the time, the Clippers seemed like they were built to to dominate. And I remember driving around laughing, thinking, Hans is such a football guy. Why do they have him doing the show? And I'll be darned if he wasn't exactly right. You know, that's just, just funny how things work. So as you, uh, as you look at the Lakers going forward, and a lot of people probably feared it because – that's why people are so mad that Anthony Davis got out of New Orleans the way he did. Because it at least put them in the discussion, whether they actually pulled it off or not. And injuries can always ruin you. And injuries ruined the Lakers the previous year, you know, with, uh, <clears throat> with LeBron going down. But do you think they're built for the long run? Or because LeBron's older, is this a one-off, assuming they, they get these next three wins? No, I, I think they've certainly got a little window um, I mean, LeBron is playing nothing like his age. I think that's the thing that's just probably the most uh, biggest takeaway from all this is just the level that he's playing at at the age he's at. I remember, I mean, I was in Boston at the end of Bird's career, and I remember Bird would play, and he'd have nights where he could still really go. And then you guys remember, I mean, nights where he'd play a little and have to go lay down by the bench because his back was so bad. And we're talking about this dude's in, in the twilight of his career, and he just doesn't seem to be missing much. Um, you know, I I don't want to get caught up in the debate of the greatest of all time because I do think you are a little bit um, jaded by your own experience growing up as a kid. I think things look bigger, brighter, better. Um, but there's no doubt that this guy is just um, – certainly the best player on the planet and and doesn't show a whole lot of signs of slowing down so i would say you know from a from a prognostication point i think they'll probably only attract better uh pieces to come play with them and um you know as, as long as they can kind of keep that nucleus together of ad and he uh, they're, they're certainly going to win a couple of more i would say how much better do you think that Donovan Mitchell can get now? Because, man, he just really came on like crazy when it got to the postseason, and we saw the best of him, and it got us all excited thinking that. And I just turned 24. Uh, today's October, so he turned 24 last month. But to think that he can even take another jump beyond the jump that he took in the postseason this year really should get you super excited. Yeah, for sure. He He was. I mean, honestly, you go back to the start of the bubble, and Donovan was one of the, you know, obviously you talk, you know, Murray from Denver jumped off the page at you, and, and that was one of the big stories. And, and But Donovan wasn't far behind. I mean, the Knights, you know, game after game, kind of the consistency that he played at that level. Um, I would think that there's always room to improve. I think um, just like he improved, you know, his ability – um, to get to the free throw line or his ability to shoot a better percentage from deep. I would think the next step for him is really working on um, kind of being a uh, a guy who, similar to like LeBron, sets his guys up, um, you know, is able to go out there and maybe in a seven, eight, ten-minute stretch, you know, there's nights where LeBron only take a couple shots in there and he's really trying to distribute the ball. That's one thing Donovan has a great um, head start already because he's such a great ball handler and he's so comfortable on the ball. 
to just be able to have a mindset, I'm going to get my guys going. I think that's always something that uh, you can get better at. And then I think the real challenge for him is to lock in defensively and, and be committed to being a really, really good defender. I think he's got all the tools. Um, but like like most players, you know, they, they give more credence to the offensive end. I'm not saying Donovan's a bad defender by any means, but he's got the, the ability to um, I don't know that you, you want him to be your lockdown offender because he's uh, he's you, you need him so much offensively, but defensively I think if he could step his game up, which I think he can, I think he's got the tools. Um, that'd be one area, you know, where he could really help the Jazz take the next step. So the team that's been on the back burner through all of this—I mean, it's it's COVID and it's injuries. The Warriors are they coming back? How much? How much hope do you have for them? They're, they're no longer young, but they're still wildly talented, and they ought to be refreshed, worn down by you know multiple trips to the NBA Finals. They've added so many games. But now they've had a year, depending on which player, year and a half to uh, kind of recharge the batteries. What do you expect out of them? It is interesting because they, you know, for so many years just dominated everything you talked about in the NBA. And then it's almost like they – you know, we're sent off to a or relegated to another league because um, nobody's seen them or heard from them. It's what seems like forever. Um, I love Steph Curry. I think he is uh, a phenomenal player. The age thing is something that you've got to take into consideration. Um, you know, is Thompson, you know, how is he healing and how is that all going to work? Because I think he's phenomenal too. I think it's not just you know the fact that their team got broke up, but it's the injuries that really kind of decimated what they had left. So it'll be a it'll be they'll have a head start like you said because they'll be fresh, um, they'll have experience, and they'll have a bunch of talented guys. Um, it'll really be the how do they fill their roster, how do they fill their pieces, and how quickly can they get back into what you know looks to be a pretty solid. Western Conference. Um, I mean, Western Conference is solid all the time, but you start looking down the list of Clippers, Lakers, you know, Denver, what Denver's done. The Jazz, I mean, Memphis is a team that's that's up and coming. Um, I love their young talent. So it's like, where do they fit in? Um, I would bet that they'll, they'll probably come out pretty hot because they're fresh and because they're, they have some experience, but it will be can they stay healthy, and how do they fill the roster? Jim, as always, we appreciate the time. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for coming on, and we will uh, we'll talk to you again, maybe as we get closer to the uh, draft here. Hey, PK, I, I surprised DJ. I, I live across, not far from Riverside, and you guys did your show over there. Yeah. Uh, and I snuck up on him. And he wasn't used to the woolly mammoth that I am now. <laughs> I was not. I'm not the only one. Up. I'm not the he only kinda, one, though. That's true. <laughs> he kind of looked up, and then he kind of looked down, and then he looked back up, and he's like, whoa. He kind of gave me the ZZ Top beard thing. Yeah. So, and the hair's I think I have s- arrived. The hair's... I, I think he, he, he thought I was Happy Gilmore's uh, caddy. You know, nice. I was going to take the quarter off the green. The hair is slicked back. The dark shades were on. There's a little bit of uh, you could have been uh, you could have been one of the cast of the uh, of uh, the Hangover. Yeah, that's kind of what what's it's kind of fun. I Zalf, got Zalfanakis thing going there. Incognito. Him and Bronco, they just needed to be freed of the honor code, and away they went. <laughs> yeah, how about his hair, dude? I love that. <laughs> Got the little bun on top. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks, Tim. Carry on. Yep. Tim Lacombe, former BYU basketball coach, former Ute basketball staff member. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we got NFL news uh, breaking here. NFL update on the way. We will do that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. Uh-huh. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. ESPN loves to put up the pictures of Drew Brees. And look, Zach Wilson took a picture with Drew Brees and would drive out and spend time with John Beck. And John Beck's really helping him. You know, spending a couple hours or a couple of days, I, I know it can be influential and it can help the mental ability and maybe the confidence of Zach. Let's not forget, Zach's great because of the commitment he's making to the game. But when we're talking about who's having influence and who's helping his game direct and, and advance, you can't go further than Aaron Roderick. Aaron Roderick's got the most impact. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 2 till 7 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices a little blow your mind. Boom! 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 Well, we're out boom me. He's got to out boom me, Yach, every time. Yes. I can never get the boom advantage. True story. <laughs> boom. Ooh, there Three you go. Three to one in the booms. I, I need the nugget comeback. <laughs> uh, multiple reports now uh, that a fifth Tennessee Titans player tested positive for COVID nineteen. The NFL has responded by postponing the Titans Steeler game indefinitely. Their reports will be made up sometime later this season. They do not have the same bye week, so that would be the easiest answer. But I think the Titans are week seven and the Steelers are week eight. Um, there's been talk, some other options, scheduling options out there for the NFL. So we'll see how that plays out. That looked like a good game because Tennessee's 3-0 and coming off that AFC title game appearance. And the Steelers are 3-0. and They were a 500 team with Roethlisberger hurt last year, but he's back. They looked really good again, so that would have been a good game, but... That's going to get pushed off indefinitely into the future somewhere out there, and we'll see how that shakes out. Well, this is this is somewhat uh, it's going to be memorable. So I dare say, under these situations here, as they've uh, they're going to arise, and this is the first one. The bottom line is we're going to remember the Titans. Oh, there it is. Hey, that movie what twenty years ago this week came out. There's see, lot, there's been a lot of oral histories on it. I've been seeing. Timely, PK. Timely. Come in Going and up, spirit in the sky. Spirit in the sky! You drop that reference in and boom! You're the Poor man again. Poor one, it's over. Yeah, but because he was a winner with the Remember the Titans reference. So in a way, that's still your boom! 5-1, I'm pulling away. I don't know that the league is going to be decimated by this. We all hope not. I would think we'd hope not. I mean, baseball, it seems like a long time ago that the Marlins were not playing, and now the Marlins, they never lose in the playoffs. <laughs> That's there's, there's two again. things. I know. It never rains in Southern California, and the Marlins never lose a playoff series. Here they go again, <laughs> beating the Cubbies. Another run. Yes. So the heat cool off, but the Marlins heat up. So Miami's still got a winner to root for. Yeah, I don't know that this is devastating in the sense of uh, not having NFL. You know, can they work around it? And would they get a situation where there would be a playoff where uh, a team played fewer than 16? That It may come to that. There's a couple things. One, in the short run, for this particular game, the probable fix is to play Week 7 when the Titans have a bye. The Steelers are playing the Ravens. But the Steelers and Ravens both have a bye week eight, so they could move that game to week eight and put the Steelers-Titans in on week seven. So that is the... Uh, easy enough. Yeah, that is easy enough for this one. But there has been talk that that week before the Super Bowl that they'll start the playoffs a week later, not have a week before the Super Bowl, and then have a makeup week if they have multiple teams that are, you know... Need a game to make up. I'll now, to your, to your point, as you kind of draw this out, well, who's to say someone won't be on 13 games and someone on 14 and someone else on 15 and someone right. else did get the 16 in? And so one week may not be able to fix it. At the same time, you know, if, if some team only plays 15 games and they're 6-9, and nine, just move on, you know? Well, if, yeah, if teams for that eliminated, situation. Right, yeah, if a team's obviously. getting eliminated from the playoffs or if two or three are, then maybe they'll, they'll have to make that call when they get there and see what makes sense. 
have one of those deals. Don't they like high school? You play a half on a Tuesday or something? <laughs> they used to, but they don't anymore. Oh, they don't anymore? Well, it's they used system. to do all the playoffs off yeah. the region standings, and so that there yeah. was a tie. They didn't use, they used tiebreakers to sort out first and second, but they didn't eliminate teams. So, yes, they could have a play-in game, and when it was a three-way tie, they had a coin flip, and two teams played in the first half. And whoever's behind at halftime oh, was eliminated. How cool would that be? Was eliminated, and the winner <laughs> of the first half played the other team in the second half, and whoever won that half advanced. And usually, it was for the fourth spot in the region, and then they'd go play a region champ and and get it crushed. Worked. Yeah, yeah. But so. so what? They had that Tuesday to just jump up and down. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they got to play one more game or half of one more game and feel good about winning yeah. something. Oh yeah. Everybody's I in. Think, everybody's in now. So now they just they've yeah, got this at RPI. The high school, that's and, what I understand. Yeah. yeah. Yach was telling me about that the other day that everybody is in, so it doesn't much matter. Uh, but yeah, with that with that in mind, although it could affect standings. Yep. My my Bengals aren't playing again for the second week. Uh, uh, I just found that out the other day. Uh, I have a personal reason uh, why. He's I, not talking Cincinnati people. He's talking Brighton. Why I would have needed to be there. Now I don't need to be there, which works out great because then hopefully I could watch the BYU game. But I'm sad for the kids involved yeah. uh, that they don't get a chance to play. Uh, but I think that under the circumstances that if the NFL only needed one week to clean up everything, that would be great. But if – if there is some type of convoluted thing, wouldn't we all be understanding this year? Is that that's yep. the way it is? Because of the, I'm just I'm literally grateful. I was thinking about this yesterday because I had a lot of free time. I'm thinking, man, I really want to watch this BYU game, and it's against a lot of tech, and like I'm nervous that I won't get to watch it, and I really want it to happen because we've already missed one, and I don't want to miss two. And so just the fact that they're playing when that ball goes up in the air on the kickoff, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thankful. I mean, I, the bottom line is that I, mean, I want BYU to win because I know guys down there and I root for them to have success. I was listening to the guy in Phoenix uh, the other day in sports radio, and he was just going on, people, I don't root for teams. I root for people. I root for people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's been in the business for 25 years, and I'm nodding. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about, brother. That's what we do. So with that in mind, I want them to win because of the people. And I want the game to happen. I really want the game to happen. And here we're on Thursday, and the game should be tomorrow, and I'm nervous about it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brian Keel, the former Cougar, is going to join us at 8.30 to talk about that game that PK is anticipating. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us.